Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. It's just me, Michelle, today. Um, and I am chatting to Debs White, who is founder of the Lakeland Paws series of races. Hi, Debs. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, Michelle. Thank you for the invite. Um, so I founded Lakeland Paws. Um, we are just coming to the end of our first series. Um, and we've had 11 events, I think, in that first series. So we've got one left and then we'll be restarting taking a bit of a break and restarting again in October fantastic so yeah so it's, it's a brand new series that started last season didn't it um we started in October um and most of our sort of this this time around nearly all of our events were based up at Winlatter Forest um which is not flat um so we're slightly no. different any event <laughs> So Winlet is um, just outside Keswick in the Lake District, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about three miles away from Keswick, yeah, but it's up the Winlet Pass, so wow. it's there's quite a bit of climb in our route. Yeah, so so tell me a bit about where the idea come from then to start Lakeland Paws up then. How did that all happen? So I used to be the event director at, um, at Wimpole Park Run, which is just based down outside of Cambridge. Yes. Um, and we were a very dog friendly course and we ended up with about 40 dogs turning up each week yeah, wow. anywhere between 20 and 40 dogs um, which when you mingle that amongst sort of 300 people it becomes quite manic at times yeah. so we were trying to find ways to make it easier make it safer for, for the dogs to run with people because we didn't want to ban the dogs and so that's how I got into organising dog runs and trying to think about the safety involved in, in sort of mixing dogs and people yeah um and then when we moved up to Cumbria that that sort of also got us into running with our dogs um and then when we moved up to Cumbria um there is no canny cross up here that we could really find to get involved with so there's lots over in the northeast um but we couldn't find anything really in the northwest um although everybody's got a dog and everybody runs with their dog Mm -hmm. um and the dogs would be out in the fells and running off lead next to people all the time but there's hardly any um actual canny cross racing and then when parkrun changed their rule yeah um that then sort of because my dogs were used to running on harness and yeah. I was used to having them running and pulling on a harness um I knew that if I tried to run with them in a sort of a handheld lead situation that was just going to lead to injury and wasn't something I was comfortable doing no. so at that point we stopped taking the dogs to parkrun we still go to parkrun but we don't take the dogs to no. parkrun anymore um and then decided that we would start something up and the forest were very keen to actually have something set up as well because they obviously have to follow parkrun national guidelines um but they were keen to have some canny cross happening in the forest so yeah. that's oh that's wonderful yeah what a fantastic positive step to come out of that change that Pat made actually because there was a lot of 
debate and discussion around that time, wasn't there? In the kind of yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. I love that you've thought right. Let's go and do something positive just for the Canny Cross community. That's fantastic. Yeah. So so tell us about your first event then. How how was that? Um. Yeah, we had um, we had about twenty seven dogs on the very first one that we that we did, and as I say, a lot of people. We, we try to make it as clear as possible as we can on our website that that there is a scent and that it is quite steep in places. Yeah. Um, and so we've got the we've got the event profile which is on the website. We've got the route on the website. We talk about the statistics, but but some people still turn up and expect it to be relatively flat because most canny cross runs are mm-hmm. relatively flat. Yeah. Um, and so our logo deliberately has the mountains in it. Our uh, descriptions deliberately have kind of all the ascent game but there were quite a few people who are like oh my word I was not expecting that. Oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> um and some people come once and they try it and they go that's really hard work it's not for me and we've had others who've been back to at least eight events and I've just wow. loved it and have grown a really nice little community together so um yeah so for those that like hills and forest trails and dogs were ideal, but for those who want a flat sort of tootle about, that's probably not us. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, it does sound wonderful. <laughs> Windlatter Forest is beautiful, but I agree it's very hilly, isn't it? So what is the elevation profile on your race and how far is it? I think you do two. So for our three-mile race, um, so our shorter one has about 800 foot. Yeah. Um, and our five-mile has about 1,200 foot wow yeah okay so, um and obviously you have to do all of that up and you have to do all of that down <laughs> yeah that's, that's a challenge isn't it what are the trails like are they wide forest tracks or is there some technical elements there it's it's deliberately a mix so yeah. some a lot of it is is the, is the wide um is the wide forest trail there's only um there's maybe a, one section of about 20 meters of a downhill that's that's more technical yeah. Um, and we warn people about that with marshals just before they're heading down it. Okay. Um, so most of it is on wide tails with plenty of space. And there are a few shorter sections which are on single track. Yeah. Um, but that's to give people that mix as well. So Yeah, OK. So what kind of people come to your events then? Do, do you do you find many beginners there or with, with the, the kind of terrain that it's on or... Yeah, no, we do have we do have quite a few beginners. Um, yeah. We're 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 really friendly, um, so we don't have um, we don't have any time cutoffs. We don't have any mass starts. We sort of you know we don't do anything like that. So um, anyone can come and have a go, um, and it's basically people. We use a dipping system, so you dip at the start, you start to run, and then you dip. Um, maybe at certain points on the route to show that you've been to the summit okay. of for example, or you dip at the end, yeah. um, and then that gives us the time, the timing for the events. So it, that uh, that gives us our chip timing as as you dip in and out of, of various different bases. So lots of people come because there's no there's no cut off. Um, yeah. You can you know do the three mile. You can walk it all if you want to walk it all. Um, the forest is beautiful, um, and so our times really range. So on the three mile, our fastest will be coming in in about twenty minutes. Yeah, okay. um, I think twenty one minutes is our fastest time on the three mile route. 
um, and our slower times are up more around the forty-five minute mark. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a huge there's a huge range, um, and the same on our five miles. So I think our fastest five mile course record is about thirty-three minutes, um, and our slower runners are sort of more like one hour twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so a real a real range there. Then. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and people can run and say, right, my dog likes to run close to somebody else. They go, okay, well, you start together and, and they'll trot around together. And other people who are there to get their time and have a good blast with their dog through the forest. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so are the people who come along, are they mainly locals then? Or do you get a lot of people travelling, especially to come and run there? Um, we get a big mix, actually. So a lot of people travelling for at least an hour to get to us. Um, so um, Onset Canicross have been fantastic at supporting us. They're based over in Newcastle um, and they will often turn up with about sort of 10 of members of their club and they'll come and run. Um, so we have people from all over, really. We have quite a few coming up from South Lakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some people who join us from Scotland um, who are sort of just over the borders and sort of Dumfries Galloway area. Um, so a lot of people are travelling sort of an hour, hour and a half, and there are some who are closer than that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then our three mile is mainly female. Um, wow, okay. So on the three mile, our entry, our average entries on the three mile, it's about 70% female, 30% male. Yeah. Um, and then our five mile routes tend to be a bit more 50-50. Right, okay. So overall the events are female dominated. That's, um, yeah. That's so. interesting because a lot of the um we, we we've seen this a lot in, in the season we've been recording with events organizers that um Canny Cross itself seems to be dominated by kind of yeah. more mature ladies, doesn't it? And we're, we're not quite sure why that is. I don't know whether you've any insights on that. What what's <laughs> I don't know if it's because they're more comfortable because they can go at their dog's pace and they've got yeah. someone to run with. Um, I don't know if they just generally feel a bit a bit safer and a bit more, um, the focus isn't just on them, it's on the, them as a part of a team and the, the main focus they can put onto their dog. Um, I don't know, but we certainly have noticed um, that there are more females taking part than males. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I, I've loved Canny Cross for a long time and I think it's brilliant that it's, you know, it's such an accessible sport for, for ladies to get into. Yeah. 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 And I love the fact that you get these, you know, tiny little ladies running with these massive dogs and then you get these, you know, huge kind of men who are running with these tiny little terriers. <laughs> <laughs> And everything in between and there's one lady who comes along and she has the most beautiful um standard poodle wow and when he is having his finished photo at the end he will literally put his paws up and she he is as tall as as his owner and they basically just wrap um paws and arms around each other and have a nice cuddle at the finish um and he's such a poser but such a lovely character and they have a fantastic time together and it's just I, I love watching people running with their dogs and yeah. seeing the relationship between the two. Yeah, so. it's it's lovely. So what what's the smallest dog you've ever seen doing your race? Um, uh, it's probably as it, it'll be one of the smaller terriers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we get all sorts. We, we we do literally get all sorts of of breeds. Some people turn up with their pointers. 
we have a fantastic fast lady who turns up um who is kind of cross adventures that's colleen and colleen running with murphy okay and they are just like poetry in motion watching them together um and then oh we, we do we get all sorts but um yeah pointers collies um not many huskies actually um lots of terriers um and then there's one lady who comes across from Newcastle who's got 14 dogs or 13 dogs. Wow. So she brings a different one each time. <laughs> wow. Oh, so she brings a different dog to the trace. <laughs> so she's got lots of staffies that she's rescued and, and she just brings a different staffie along with her each time, which is, yeah, it's lovely. So, oh, who's, who's come today? Um, and then there's another lady who's very local to us and she's got about five sort of whippets or greyhounds. So she again rotates through hers and brings different dogs along. So. Oh, wonderful. So can people run with more than one dog at a time? It, it depends on our course. Okay. So, um, so because on the Winlatter route, there's a section which is quite steep and quite sort of, you just got to watch your step a little bit more on that short section. So on the main wind ladder course, we just say it's one dog um, due to that. Um, on our Dodd course and on our new Grisdale course, we can run with two dogs. Um, so it we, we grade our courses on the website and we okay. basically use the mountain biking grading. Right. So, um, you know, we, we use green, blue, red and then yes. black. Okay. Um and basically people can look and that will give them an idea of technicality and descent. Yeah. Um, and then that, depending on how we've assessed that, means that, you know, can it be one or can it be two dogs? So yeah. it's a bit of a minute. Okay. Oh, great. So you mentioned the two other courses there. Tell me a little bit about those then. So um, it's all on forestry land. Um, yeah. So our main kind of residence this year has very definitely been at Winletter. Yeah. Um, from September, our new series will be a little bit more diverse. So um about a third of our events will be at Winlatter, about a third of our events will be at Doddwood, which is just on the other side of Bassenthwaite Lake. Okay. Um so again it's just outside Keswick. Um and again it's very it's it's very hilly. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> you can find really... anywhere flat in the lake this <laughs> <laughs> Um you can see one course from one side of the valley, you know, oh, you can sort nice. of see each one from, from each side, depending which one you're on. Yeah. Um and then Grisdale is our new venue as well from, from for the autumn series, um, and that has got less ascent, and it's all very wide, and um, so it's still hilly, but it's got less ascent than the than the Northern Fells ones. Yeah, okay. um, so lots of potentially more factors. accessible then. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more accessible, um, and very definitely two dogs, absolutely fine. Yeah. Oh, that's really good to know. Um, talk to me a little bit about the starts that you do. Are they? You mentioned the dibber earlier. Are they all individual starts then, or do you do a kind of mass start? We we sort of gather people together. We do a, a sort of run brief at sort of you know about ten minutes before the event starts, um, and then we have a start window of about fifteen minutes um, where we say you can start any time in those fifteen minutes. So we get a lot of people who will, we sort of say, if you think you're going to be faster, start nearer, you know, the start, if you think you would like a little bit more time, just, and that's just to reduce dogs passing each other on the, on the trail. Um, so we get a lot of people who will turn up sort of at nine, ready to go. Okay. Um, and then we basically, they dib, they'll start to run and we'll wait about 30 seconds and then send the next person off. So we sort of do a dib, wait and go. Um, so it is, a, you get lots of people at the start at the same time, but then we start them just slightly spaced out. 
Yeah, and then that's quite self-regulated, really, isn't it? So, pe- do you find people yeah. tend to, if they do want a faster time, they'll they'll be kind of straight there, and then the more yeah. people tend to hold back a bit. Yeah, um, and that will that will naturally happen. And people who um, people who are a bit nervous about their dogs. There's a lady who came along last time, and she's got a rescue who was about fourteen months old, yeah. um, and was a, she'd had him since he was six months. He was. She'd done lots of work with the dog trainer, trying to get him settled. And, and she just didn't know how he was going to react in that situation, but wanted to give it a go. Um, and so that sort of start allows someone who's a little bit nervous to say, actually, I'll wait and I'll go sort of 10 minutes later. Um, and then my dog can have all the space it wants and it needs. And then we'll see how we get on. Um, so it allows for, for that too, which works. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. So I was going to ask you that question because I've, I've never actually done a canny cross race with my dog before because she's very... Um, she's on the office floor right now as I'm chatting to you looking like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth but she is very vocal and she's very reactive around dogs she doesn't know so it's all worried me slightly so that's good to know that you make kind of um, so my youngest can be a little bit like that Um, I think lots of dogs are very very um, vocal at the start of Candy Cross anyway Um, and as soon as they start to run they settle um and then much much quieter but like the, the initial five you know as they're waiting it, it can be a bit deafening yeah, can imagine <laughs> you've got sort of 50 60 dogs all raring to go <laughs> <laughs> but generally as soon as they're running they they settle into it and they're they're fine yeah so oh so how have you kind of come up with the the courses that you've got at the moment it's um it's the forestry commission kind of helped you out there and they 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 are really helpful actually they're they you know the team at Winlatter are fantastic yeah. to work with um I I live just at the bottom of the forest mm. so I want my dogs in the forest all the time um so we wanted to have a mix of distance um we ideally were sort of originally looking for about 10k but then when you add the ascent in it certainly feels like a 10k for most people yeah. because you've got because you've got the height. Yeah, yeah that's it's a lot, <laughs> isn't it? That twelve hundred meters. Yeah. So, Sorry, twelve hundred um, feet. You said, yeah. Yeah. So it certainly feels like a. It feels like a ten k, and it takes you know usually the same length of time for most people as a flat ten k would yeah. take. Yeah. So, um, so that felt about right. Sort of, you know, your average person coming in in around about an hour felt about sort of where we were aiming for. Yeah. Um. Okay, so do people get, you mentioned photos earlier, are they included as part of the race experience? Or? Yeah, so um, we have basically as many of our marshals as possible. It, we, some of our, we sometimes get very professional photographers along and sometimes it's okay, it's a bunch of marshals with their iPhones, um, but we always provide photos from the oh, events that's on the route and also at the finish. So. Yeah, okay. And what about medals? Do, does everybody get a medal at the end of your race? So what we wanted to do with medals is um, we were always, as we were setting it up, we were trying to find what's the what's the right price point. Yeah. Um, so it so we can cover what you know what we needed to cover, um, and also so we were keeping it as affordable as possible for people. Um, and then we decided actually we wouldn't include medals, but we okay. give people the option of buying a medal, and then I order those medals to order if you like. Okay. So there's a company that we work with who are based in Aberfeldy, just up in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and I loved what they're doing. So they 
all the metals are wooden, so it's all sort of made out of sustainable forestry, which is based around where they are anyway. Um, but they have a huge social enterprise element to their business. So they basically are taking youngsters who haven't made the most or haven't managed to sort of, you know, school hasn't worked for them. Um, yeah. And they take them out, they will build them up, they'll give them a trade and then sort of put them back on a, on a you know, basically give them lots of second chances. Um, and there are so many positive stories of how they've worked with young people and trained them to make the medals and trained them to work in their workshops and basically turned lives and families around. So that was the sort of company that I wanted to support. Yeah. Whereas the, the vast majority of medals that are given out at races are, are made in China and shipped across. Um, and I didn't want to be part of that. Yeah. So we do have medals, but you choose to buy them and you pay an additional £4 for the medal. And then that's supporting a social enterprise charity in Scotland. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that idea. You're actually not the first event company to have mentioned this more sustainable way of yeah. you know, managing an event. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's really forward thinking of you. Um, so yeah. we're trying to keep our footprint as low as possible. So, and that comes down to, <laughs> that comes, includes our signage as well. So yeah. I didn't want to be plastering the forest in great big neon signs so that people who aren't part of the event get hit with, you know, enormous yellow arrows. And yes. I just thought I, did, I wanted it to be more subtle than that. It has meant that a few times a couple of people have not managed to spot the signs and got slightly lost. So that's happening less and less. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our signs are really discreet. Um, so... Um, but they are, you know, everything is signed and it's all marked. And it's all, it's all there. So, um, but it was just we were trying to make sure everything was reusable. So we don't have race numbers. Um, so the dibbers that we use, um, we hire those. They get used and they get sent back. All the lanyards, etc., get washed. We hire them again the following month. Um, we don't have race numbers because we don't need them because everything comes from the dibber. Um, the signage we use every every time. Mm. The cable ties we use every time. <laughs> um, so the literally the only thing that we're not reusing is um, is the fuel that people are spending to get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And other than that, we're trying to keep our footprint as low as possible. Yeah. I mean, are you easily accessible via public transport if people did want to use that option? Um, you can. Because uh, it is not the the easiest place to get there by public transport. No. <laughs> um, you can get a bus. There is a bus mm. that drives to the forest, um, but it doesn't get there in time for our start mm. on Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get to us by public transport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we just have to do what we can, don't we? In terms of yeah, yeah. It's great that you've got all those other considerations for you know, lowering your footprint on the planet. I think that's fantastic. Um, so tell us about um, your race dates then for next season. What can people expect? What's in the calendar? Um, so they're just still being finalised with the forest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we will be starting again on the, so we'll, uh, the, the way that we work it is we go for an event on the first Sunday of every month. Yeah. Um, and we try and keep that pattern um, as, as best we can. So we will be having an event from the first weekend, I think it's the first or second of October. Yeah. Um, and our last event next season will be in May. 
um, and we'll have a double header in May, but that will actually be the second in, in May, so it's like the 10th and 11th of May. So every month, um, either in Winlatter or Grisdale or Dodd on the first Sunday of every month. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the, actually, the other thing that we do, because it's all on the forestry land, um, 15% of all of, all of our, um, our entries go straight back to the forest. Yeah. So in that sense, just supporting the work the forest is doing, maintaining the forest, new plantations, etc. So 15% of every entry automatically goes immediately to the forest. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, just trying to, I love being in the forest. So. I can tell, yeah, that really comes across. Yeah, I can, I've got goosebumps listening to your chat about how much you love it. No, that's, um, that's lovely. And then we have got... Um, one event which we're working on, which hopefully will come together. Mm. Um, so this will be um, just before Christmas, probably the 17th. Yeah. Um, and deliberately around that time. So we're, we were sort of looking for, okay, what's the shortest daylight hours that we can get? Yeah. Um, and then our plan is to do a dawn till dusk run. Oh, this sounds um, intriguing. Um, yeah. So sunrise in the forest will be about 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. So we'll start at sunrise and we will run through on a looped course and doing as much or as little as you want to until sunset, which will be about quarter to four in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's that's will be our new, very different event that um, that we're working on at the moment to try and get that um, for next season. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out for that. You'll have to let us know how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> So will people be able to kind of switch dogs en route if they want to, I guess? And not not on the not on the lap, but once they get back to the car park, yeah. yes. And they can do laps with their dogs and laps without their dogs. Yeah. Um laps with a different dog. Um so yeah. Oh, that sounds great and really unique. Yeah. So we'll see. Dawn till dawn till dusk on the on winter solstice, basically as yeah. close to winter, winter solstice as we could. Yeah. So. Okay, well, yeah, we'll look out for that. So it, it's been lovely hearing all about your event, Debs. Um, would you like, shall we finish? Do you want to tell us why, if people listening, what makes your event so special and why they should make the trip up north to Cumbria? <laughs> Our scenery is fantastic. We're very friendly. Yes, there's lots of scent, but it's very worth it. It's beautiful up there. Yeah. And it's a great way to, to just get fit and enjoy time with your dog. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds a really lovely event, and I I will I'll, I'll say this on the podcast now. I will do my utmost to get up there at some point over the next see. season and come and see, <laughs> yeah, see what you're all about. Yes, thank you very much. Where can people find you online then if they're interested? Um, www.lakelandpause.com. Fantastic. And are you on? You're on social media as well, aren't you? You're on Instagram. We are. Yeah, we are on Instagram and we are on Facebook. Um, and also everything's hosted on SI entries so um, all entries go through SI entries as well so you can find us there too yeah well thank you very much for your time Debs and we'll I look forward to seeing you at some point next season thanks for inviting me so hope you've all enjoyed listening to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations join us for the next one next week enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and if you get a moment please leave us a review we'll see you next time on canny cross conversations
thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.